of the Bearded Horror Review. My name is Dan, aka The Boogeyman, and on this show I will review a horror movie, either a classic or a new release. I will go through it in non-spoilers and spoilers, give it a rating out of 10, tell you what I thought about it, good or bad, if it has either of those things in there, and tell you whether, in my humble opinion, whether it's worth a watch or not. Um, This week, I really wanted to do Last Voyage of the Dementor, um, if you don't know what that is, uh, it is a brand new vampire movie that is based on uh, one of the one of the small sections in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, it is the it is the ship that Dracula uses to get from Transylvania to Britain, and it's a very short section in the in the book. And someone has made it into a film. It looks fantastic, and it was released last week everywhere in the world pretty much but the UK so I can't watch it so <laughs> I thought I'll do something else then fine don't want to watch a movie I'll do something else <laughs> uh, so I thought why don't I talk about another film that is based on like a book or a comic book or something else you know I'll talk about something different and I had just watched Blade so I thought maybe I might talk about Blade because Blade is based on a comic book series by Marvel but I decided in the end now it's it's everyone knows Blade there's a new Blade coming maybe I'll talk about Blade when the new Blade film comes out but this time I thought I'll talk about a different film that is based on written media and that's 30 Days of Night now the reason why I picked this is I absolutely love this film when it came out um spoiler alert I like this film and um, it's, a, it's, it's also based on a comic book series of the same name, 30 Days of Night, uh, which is a very fantastic comic book. It's beautifully drawn and it's really interesting. And they've kind of done a very good adaption. Uh, so, yeah, I thought I'd talk about 30 Days of Night, uh, get into it. So first I'm going to do non-spoilers and then spoilers. There will be time codes below. Just before we get started, just remember to le- please leave a like comment and subscribe and that really helps the channel out if you enjoy it please join on in guys for future videos i keep hitting those lights let's move on so non-spoilers from now 30 days of night is a comic book movie starring josh hartnett it is about a town called barrow in alaska that every so often experiences 30 days of perpetual night uh, because of where it is on, on the planet and all the sun and blah 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 science science and um on this one time that's happened many times where they're experiencing this one month of darkness the town is sieged by vampires and this ain't your daddy's vampires these ain't these ain't kittens these ain't sexy vampires these are vampires that are here to come to fuck shit up so this is one of those films that came out in the early 2000s that is violent and it was really pushing the boundaries of what a comic book movie could be. And it tried to stay really true to the formula of the comic book. And it was before the big Marvel boom and it was before 
you know, comic book movies were mainstream. Uh, this film is fantastic. I, I've, I've straight away spoilers. I love this film. Um, it has got amazing effects. The use of uh, light is is very well done. Like the idea of this this small town where for thirty days you cannot use the sunlight to to escape from vampires. You cannot do it, and you're you're trapped in a place that yeah you know this place and, and this is your home. But these are beings that don't feel cold, they don't get tired, they they don't need to feed other than on you. So it's a very stressful and scary situation. And it's set up very well. The tension is built very well from the opening all the way up until when everything kicks off. And I've talked about it in the past in regards to the use of Chekhov's gun. This has some really good payoffs and thought for that and it sets everything up so well. And like every good horror film, it's not just about the horror. It is about these people in this situation and how they deal with it. And some of the dangers that come along aren't necessarily caused by the vampires. Yes, the vampires are the ultimate threat, but there's situations of danger that arise because of normal everyday situations, um, such as, this is not a spoiler at all, but such as food. You know, it's a whole month. They need to eat. They need to be able to survive. So it's about this group of people dealing with that. And there's some incredible scenes with the vampires doing what they do best. And if you have seen the comic book or seen the stills of this, you'll see that these vampires, again, they don't look like normal vampires. They created a very specific look. So you can see a still of this film and go, that's 30 Days of Night. Um, like I said, it's got Josh Hartnett in it. It's long after Halloween H2O and the faculty. I'm wearing my faculty t-shirt right now. Ooh, oh, yep, I mean, there he is with his terrible haircut um, that he did for <laughs> Halloween H2O. Um, luckily he's got a normal haircut in this and I think Josh Arnett is a very good actor and he's very underrated and he's fantastic in this and it's this film has some gore it has some real gore in this and I, I remember seeing this at the cinema and it was a 15 I was like how is this film a 15 and then it came out on DVD and it's an 18 so I think they changed their mind and realized that it was a lot more violent than they, they initially assessed well it's a fantastic movie like i said i'd give it a good eight out of ten it is a entertaining the vampires are entertaining the human relationships are very well built and very well done and um, yeah it's just a fantastic film the only thing that um knocked it down a few points for me was um the ending kind of happens uh, quite quickly this is one thing I've talked about in the past on other films where the ending just kind of happens. Uh, I spoke, talked about it when I did my Talk To Me review. That, um, if you build and build and build and then bam, there's your ending. It, 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 it kind of takes the wind out of you and it feels less uh, less like earned and the, and the spectacle feels not as, not as good. As simple as that. It feels rushed. It doesn't feel great. Um, but other than that, it's it's a great movie, really well done. 
some of the cinematography and the shots in this is fantastic. There's one shot in particular that I absolutely love, uh, and there's some one-liners in this that are amazing. Uh, but yeah, great movie overall. Like I said, 8 out of 10. So let's go into spoilers. So we're going for spoilers from now. So if you don't want to hear spoilers and you want to go see the movie, uh, time codes are below, so you can skip to the end there. Uh, but yeah, let's go for spoilers. So the film starts with the town preparing to go into this 30 days of nights um, kind of, you know, month. Um, the shot, op the film opens with a shot of a kind of grizzled, dirty looking man in a parker. Um, and it's played by Ben Forrester, I think his name is. As I've said in previous episodes, I am terrible at remembering names, even if I had it here on my laptop, which I don't today. Um, I I would not remember it. I'm terrible at it. So, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, the, so the 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 dirty looking guy. I'm just going to call him that. The dirty looking guy is looking out over out to sea. He's standing in the snow. He's wearing this big parker, and there is just a ship anchored in the distance, like a big, huge ship anchored in the distance. And you know something is bad from that. Like this is bad. The shot itself is beautiful and it sets up what the film is going to look like throughout the film. It's a bit dreary, it's been desaturated, but there are some incredible shots in this film and it's really well directed and they really considered the visuals. They pulled stuff from the comic book directly into the film. And we spend a good 10-15 minutes at least meeting characters. Um, you know, we meet Josh Hartnett's character, who's our who's our protagonist, who is the sheriff of this very small town called Barrow. Him with his partner, they're investigating strange goings on around the town. Um, they get calls of everyone's cell phone has gone missing. They find a pile of cell phones that has been set on fire. Uh, there's unfortunately a group a group of husky dogs get stabbed to death by an unknown person. All we see is a knife and the dogs um, that happens and a helicopter gets um, vandalized so it can't work anymore all these little things happen to this town we know who it is if you it's it's the guy from this it's the dirty guy it's it's that's who is doing it and that's very obvious that he's, he's the one who's doing it and um, we doesn't need to show him doing these things we know that this stranger is coming into town and we don't know what's going on but we spend a lot of time building these characters. So we meet Josh Hartnett and his part and his like share his that his deputy. Um we also get to see our female protagonist, which uh, turns out to be Josh Hartnett's character's estranged wife. You know, she's not meant to be in town, but she's there because she's a fire marshal, she's doing inspections, and through a series of events, her car gets totaled and she can't leave on the last plane, so she ends up getting stuck in Barra. Uh, we meet some of the residents in the town. You know, um, we meet uh, one of the guys who lives on the outskirts. He's a bit of a loner, and his car is leaking oil on the street. We meet uh, a few work, like just workers going about their day. Uh, we meet the people whose dogs were murdered. Uh, we just, yeah, we just meet all these people just going through their day-to-day -day lives, and. They're all getting ready for this 30 days of night, and it's a big deal. A lot of people are leaving, so the town is a lot more sparsely populated than usual. And um, we meet 
Josh Hornet's little brother and his grandmother. They work for him at the police station. They do the desk jobs, so they're the one calling out reports and stuff like that. Um, and we also meet the local bar. And this is where the events kind of really start to pick up. So first 15, 20 minutes, it's just character development. We see snippets of terror, like things are going wrong. We know why that they um, are taking the cell phones. We know why they're killing dogs. We know why they're, they're wrecking helicopters. So people can't leave or call for help. And we get reintroduced after the first like 20 minutes or so, we get reintroduced to the dirty guy. And he's in a bar, uh, a bar slash diner. He's asking for alcohol. And they're like, we don't do alcohol when it's these 30 days. You know, people have hard enough time as it is. And he's like, okay, well, give me hamburger meat. And I want it I want it bloody. And the woman's like, look, you get meat around here two ways, frozen or burned. And the guy, the dirty guy starts to get annoyed. He's like, you don't give me what I want to eat. You don't give me what I want to drink. And you can tell he's about to kick off. Josh Hartnett comes in, being big sheriff boy, starts to try and calm him down. This guy tries to turn on Josh Hartnett. Who get, and the guy gets a gun to the back of his head. It says, it's... Josh Hartnett's estranged wife. Now, there's a bit earlier in the film where Josh Hartnett, she calls him, she's like, I'm in town, surprise. My car's been told, can you come pick me up? And he sends his deputy to go do it. He does. He obviously doesn't want to talk to his wife. And this is what I mean about the, the relationships. So we, we learn that about their estranged relationship and something has happened that has caused him to be very upset. She's the one on the back foot. She's the one who's left. Um. We also find out that the deputy has a, a wife and, and a child and, and he's like devoted to them. Uh, we find out that there is a an old man in the town who lives with his son uh, and he seems to have dementia or Alzheimer's and he keeps forgetting that his wife has passed away and forgetting where he is and what he's doing. All these relationships are built up. These are our people that we're going to have to deal with. And this is what I meant about when I said in the non-spoiler section about the danger that is coming in this film. It is not just the vampires. They're the horror, they're the threat. But the danger comes from these people's relationships and having to deal with these relationships for 30 days and what that can do to a person's mindset. Um, I talked about a Chekhov's gun. There is a Chekhov's gun in this film, and I will bring it up. So <laughs> there is a bit where as I mentioned earlier, that they find out that a helicopter has been wrecked. I think there's a local foundry or processing plant or something uh, where they've got a giant grinder in the floor. It's obviously meant to like grind up rubbish and metal and trash and all sorts of things. And it's a giant meat grinder and you see someone throw a piece of metal in it and Angus, like, the guy whose helicopter it is, is like, why did they trash my bird? And he throws a piece of metal in it and you just see this metal just gets, get crushed. There's our Chekhov's gone. Like I've said about about anything in, in films, especially like wood chippers and all that kind of stuff. If you show me that shit, someone better be fucking going in it, sunshine. <laughs> it fucking better happen. It has to happen. Do not tease me like that. Do not blue ball me. And it, it, we'll get there. It's near the end of the film, but Chekhov's gone. So as the night starts to descend, this guy gets arrested thanks to the aid of Josh Hartnett and his, his estranged wife. They take him into 
the the local like there's the sheriff's office where Josh Hartnett's little brother and his grandma are and they throw him in a cell and they get that's when someone gets a call like there's a there's all these calls happening about things going wrong and things going missing and as the night gets darker and darker we get more and more kind of glimpses into what's coming the guy but i think it is ben forrest that he gets like thrown in this cell and he starts saying like no i don't i'm no one you know you're gonna be fucked like what's coming is dangerous like you ain't you ain't expecting what's coming you ain't gonna you ain't gonna get out of this alive you're all dead you've got the harbinger right there you know you all the way back to friday the 13th we have a harbinger character who instills the danger and and, and sets this up like you're dead and they set it up nicely and i love a harbinger i love a guy like you're gonna die you're gonna die if you go there a lot of history up there <laughs> i love that kind of character and um we get glimpses of the workers we saw earlier walking home it's dark now some unknown unseen danger rips one of them away like swiftly gone and then we get more danger we see some of them getting hurt and injured and we see blood and we see that and then we see someone who works at a power station or a factory or something so he has a disturbance outside he comes out and he's surrounded by all these figures dressed in dressed in almost suits we can't quite tell they're out of focus it's all the focus is on him but he's surrounded we get to see in a few separate scenes how quick they are how quiet they are and how many there are of this threat that we know is vampires um and as the town it builds and builds and Josh Hartnett goes out to check these disturbances, he goes out to the shot that we just had of the guy in his power station or the factory or whatever. He called in saying something's weird, something's wrong. Can someone come down here? And so Josh Hartnett goes over there and he finds that man's head on a stick. And this freaks him the fuck out. He... He rushes back. There's more tension scenes building where it shoots back to the, the PD, the police department, the PD. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this guy, the dirty dirty guy is just talking shit. He's talking about how they're going to die and he's talking all this stuff. And it's freaking the young son out. He throws plastic because they're playing a board game at the guy. He threatens to pick the lock. The child being what he is, the young lad, he's a teenager, runs over thinking, I better pick the plastic up. And that's when bad things happen. Dirty guy grabs him through the cell bars and grabs him and holds him. And fuck yeah, Josh Hartnett busts in, shoots the guy, opens the cell, flings this guy up against the fucking wall. And he's like, who did that to Gus? Who did this? He is freaking the fuck out. And oh, Ben Forrester, he gets... He gets handcuffed to the bars with his hands above his head and he's just like I don't talk to dead men I don't do it so it's very obvious that this guy is the familiar of this group he's the familiar for the vampires he is coming to town to set everything up so that these vampires can come in and decimate this town he knows what's coming he he he, he like every other like familiar if you've seen vampire films before they are there to 
do the vampires bidding in hope that one day they will become vampires themselves. And bad things start happening, man. Like then they just the town just kicks the fuck off. They're 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 freaking out. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They're trying to figure out who these people are and what the danger is. And this is when it all of a sudden explodes. These people, we get this group shot of the vampires walking into town. And they simply, in another language, they speak a different language and they say, you know, feed as much as you want. Just remember to take their heads off when you're done. We can't have any more vampires. And then the whole town of carnage ensues. Very reminiscent to Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, that opening scene where it's just chaos in the streets. It's like that, and it's just these vampires are jumping from person to person, place to place. They are fast, they are super strong, and they do not hold back on the violence. These vampires don't bite people and like you get a little bit of blood. They're ripping people apart. There is blood and guts everywhere. There are fantastic gore effects. The vampires look strange. They morph their faces. They've done something to them to make them look otherworldly. But they're not dressed like different and they're just dressed in casual smart casual wear almost there's people there's girl women in dresses there's guys just wearing blazers with shirts open and stuff they're just there to carnage it is pure carnage that first night that scene that lasts a few minutes you know josh hartnett and his estranged wife trying to get away they try and gather survivors they're trying to help people and there's this incredible overhead shot that just pans down the main street of barrow showing people shooting vampires blood spreading across the snow and then these vampires just running and gunning at people taking them down ripping throats out and you're just seeing blood splatter the dark red against the pure white is and it's the music starts to slow down and drop and it is visceral and it looks gorgeous it is it's showing you the brutality of what these these things are and you know what they are capable of there's a series of events where people are struggling and fighting and Josh Hartnett and some other survivors manage to hide up in a um, in a house. There's an there's a house with an attic in that if it's a very secret door. If you didn't know it was there, you wouldn't know but be able to find it. And a bunch of them go and hide in this house. And this is where the rest of the, the, the danger starts to occur. So it follows a very good formula. It gives build up, build up, build up, payoff, slow it down. See with the characters and see what their reaction is to this. You don't just keep the pace up non-stop, but you don't drop off either and just do quests. Go back to what's happened. You see the reaction of the survivors to this awful chaos that has happened. And we get moments of you know Josh speaking to his estranged wife about you know why they split up turns out maybe josh's uh, wife didn't want kids and he did um which frankly is a conversation you should have before you get married um you know we have people there we've got kids there and there's people that are tired and they're starving and they're hungry and they're scared and we also have another character who like i said there's a man who lives with his father who has either dementia or alzheimer's he keeps having episodes where he doesn't know where he is and he keeps trying to ask him for his wife. But his wife's been dead for a long time. So we get that danger of, this. we've got people here that will, 
do things not thinking straight and that could draw attention to us and there's that constant tension there and then we get the hero's folly moment so if this is what i call it the hero's folly moment is where something happens where the hero is damned if he does and damned if he doesn't they're hiding in this house we don't know how long they've been there for the passage of time is kind of faded and it's 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 unknown we get a very quiet moment and then we hear someone shouting for help in the streets it's actually someone we saw earlier we thought we would thought they were dead we get someone shouting in the streets walking down the street begging for help and they look out through this little crack in a window that they have and they see this woman walking down the street blood all over her clearly terrified she's just in a dress clearly freezing and she's asking for help and half of the group are like we need to go and help her and just no we can't because this is clearly a trap and this is the damned if you do damned if you don't moment we get this shot of seeing this woman and then it goes to outside and we follow her and in the background on the roofs we can see figures moving following her down the street and we know it's a trap it's a trap however our characters know if they don't spring this trap she's dead anyway but they know if they go out there they could all die it's a really clever moment to be able to put this in and this is what kind of like builds the villains even more what it's doing is building this to show that not they're not just mindless animals like it showed at the start then they're, they're very strong and quick and powerful they're not just here to just rip apart and then walk away they're here for the long term they're here for they're using the full 30 days and they're clever enough to try and set up a trap using people's humanity and unfortunately they decide that not not to try and rescue her so we get one of the best one-liners i have seen in a film in a long time i say this pretty much on the daily um, where the vampires surround this woman and she falls to her knees and she clearly knows she's about to die and she goes please god and the lead vampire leans in and he like i said they speak another language to each other but he leans in and he just goes god no god and it just fucking sends chills down my spine when i see that it's like he's pointing out like there's nothing here there's no one going to save you your begging is useless it's just us and you're fucked there's no god there's no safety nothing's going to help you i'm just going to kill you and you're just going to have to deal with that and i don't care it's a very beautiful like beautifully crafted scary moment it shows you the level that these creatures are they they're just abominations and they they know they are and they know that they can do what they want and there is no punishment there is no retribution there's no one coming to save them as they've just seen you just had a chance to be saved and nobody came so this is it you're dead and this is where we get start getting some tension building moments again after this you know it seems they've been there for a little while they're starting to get hungry they're starting to get thirsty if they don't eat they'll starve so we need to get them to somewhere else so we need to get them to a store some of them decide josh hartnett and a few other men, men characters decide to leave 
to try and see if they could sneak to the general store to get some food. And this is when we get a controversial scene at the time. I don't know if it's still controversial now, but I remember it being talked about at the time. Uh, so much so that Pepsi asked a logo to be changed in there uh, in the in the film. So they go to the general store and they're trying to find food and drink. They're loading up so they can then sneak back. And there is a shot where it's very quiet, it's very dark in there. They don't turn any lights on, they just go in and be very quiet. And they've got things like axes and stuff. Josh Hartnett's character sees an open doorway and hears something in the open doorway. And he's standing there with his axe raised, ready to swing. He hears something coming. Something bursts out of the darkness and he swings and he completely misses. Because what came out of the darkness is a little girl. She's not a little girl anymore, she's a vampire. But a little girl ran out of the dark. And this little girl obviously is still very strong, powerful, quick. She's a vampire. And it takes all of them to fight her off. And the brother character, unfortunately the younger brother character, is the one to do it. They get this very young girl, who's five or six, probably, pinned against the wall, and then chop her head off with an axe. And you see it. You see this happen. And that was very controversial at the time, to the point, like I said, that um, there's a, um, a drinks machine in the background of this shot, and the light display, I think it says Pepsi Max, and they asked it to be changed to Diet Pepsi, because they're like, we don't want Pepsi Max associated with this. Yeah, Pepsi's fine. <laughs> or something like that. I can't remember which one it is exactly off the top of my head, but it had to be changed because Pepsi weren't happy with the scene. While this is happening, we also get um, the old man with dementia, slats Alzheimer's, is trying to leave the building again. This has happened before, and he keeps trying to leave because he wants to go and find his wife. And like, wait, He's just learning, he's being loud, he's trying He's trying to go out the front door and they have to try and wrangle him in, get him to be quiet, and he doesn't understand. And after a minute or two, he seems to come to his senses, he's like, can I just go to the bathroom and then we'll go back upstairs. And unfortunately, the old man goes out the window. He goes out the window, he was lying. Some, And this is, all of this noise and stuff is drawing attention to all of these people. We haven't seen the deputy character for a little while in this in this scenario. And we eventually, in this kind of haste and danger, they, they, they manage to um, escape and they're escaping and they rescue him. And he seems distraught and mentally broken. And we don't know why. And we ask where his wife and his daughter is and he says they're dead. And so that's why he's broken so we think and we have this whole thing happen where it's getting close to the end of the 30 days and we have all these different things happening i'm not obviously i'm as i've done in other spoiler reviews i'm not going through everything i'm not going through every scene um but we are going i'm going through you know some of the major points they do are they are able to fight back they are able to get some of them injured and get some of them killed get some of them you know, be able to get escape. And they try and figure out where to go, what to do. And they end up at that foundry, the factory, with the grinder. Oh boy, it's so good. Oh. So they end up at this grind this factory where 
it's all kicking off. They get inside. It's they're trying. Obviously, they're trying to fortify. They're trying to survive. They're trying to find a way out. They're trying to find a ways to escape. Trying to find somewhere to hide up. And there is some vampires managed to get in. I think it's one of the ones that we see throughout the film. One of the more prevalent ones. I think it's the guy that's on the thumbnail. Um, reason I picked him is because he's got that blood beard all over his face, and it just ah, chef kiss. And there's a, a fight ensues. Before we this happens, though, we get a somber moment before it all kicks off again. And this is what this film does. It has these big bombastic action horror moments, and then followed by some hu human moments. And we have this this drastic escape and thing and fine, and then we have this human moment where we find out that the deputy why he's so distraught and why he's so broken it's not because his wife and child are dead it's because he killed them he wanted to spare them the gruesome deaths that he was seeing from these these vampires so he took it upon himself to kill his wife and daughter who'd been rotting in the bedroom of his his bed that he shared with his wife he'd been they'd been rotting in that room for the whole month and that's a really brutal moment when you hear that and you realize that and that's why what happens next is so poignant so we have this scuffle we have they're in this factory some vampires get in and we get the vampire that you know goes for him and they're attacking Josh and it's attacking them and it's scary, it's dangerous, they will die. It's And Josh is, it looks like Josh is going to get it. Josh Cartercat's going to get it and he's, he's, he's in danger that this vampire is going to kill him. And this is where we get our payoff. Our vampire is tackled by the deputy. He's, you know, he's, he's, it seems like it's a redemption moment for what he's done. He tackles the vampire and he manages to knock him into the fucking grinder. And it is so good. He gets ground up into the grinder and you just flat blood and guts everywhere. But it's the second bit that happens right after this, which is even better because the deputy has pushed this guy into the grinder and he turns around and is screaming and he's holding his arm because his hand is gone. His hand went into the grinder with the fucking vampire. And it is just a bloody mangled stump. And it is spitting blood. And he is screaming bloody murder. And we get a third brutal moment right again. Because it's clear that he is starting to turn. His blood has been mixed with the vampire that went in there. Vampire blood's got in him. He is turning into a vampire and he is screaming and wailing. This is a painful transition. And the voice becomes more and more demonic and, 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 and unhuman-like. And Josh Hartnett takes the axe and chops his fucking head off. And he doesn't take one swing to do it. It takes a couple and you see this guy's head brutally slowly coming off. It is so fucking well done. Fantastic. We speed up now. Josh Hartnett realises, you know, that it's coming to the end of the month. 
and they look and they can see that the vampires aren't trying to attack them anymore. What they have done is flooded as much oil around the town as they can. Josh Hartnett realises what they're going to do is they're going to burn the, the, the whole town down so there's no evidence of that they were there, that this is a vampire attack, that nothing has happened. It's going to come off as an accident. So Josh Hartnett says, like, I need, we need to end this. And the way he does this is he takes some of his deputies' blood and he goes, we can't fight them, but we have to be equal with them. So he injects himself with tainted blood and turns to a vampire. And he's like, his reasoning is that the deputy had some cognitive thought left in him. So he clearly was still human as he was turning. So Josh feels that he could hold it off long enough to be able to fight and give them a chance to escape. And we get the uh, Josh Hartnett turns. There's a great bit where he goes, I can smell your blood. So good. And he goes outside and he does what any kind of animal would do. You, you attack the leader. You attack the most powerful. And he goes out there, calls them out, finds this leader, and they start having a fight. And he starts fighting with them. And they 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 think they can rip him apart until they realize he is a vampire and he ha they have this like brute this fighting moment where Josh eventually is able to kill this vampire they're able to get everyone out so they can don't burn to death and escape and when the sun then and then the other vampires i think they flee and um, he's killed this main antagonist vampire he saved everybody but this is where you get another one last somber moment. And what we get is Josh Hartnett knowing he's going to die. You know, at this point, he's, he's done everything he can to save his, his wife. No matter how much they fell out, he still loves her. And he still has tried to save everyone he can. And there's this really great ending. Josh Hartnett and his wife are sit, sitting in the snow, cuddling, having this last embrace. As the sun comes up, and as the sun comes up, he see he starts to burn, and he brace he embraces his head into his wife's chest, and she holds him as his skin blackens and flakes, and you see him burning up, and she holds him close until he dies. And it's basically the end of the movie. It's a harrowing ending. It's just such a well-done film. But like I said, that ending just comes quite quickly, unfortunately, for me. But everything else in this film is fantastic. So like I said earlier, 8 out of 10. Brilliant movie. The gore effects are fantastic. The storyline is really well done. The acting is great. And like I said, only thing like I said, the ending comes quick. And you can't tell the passage of time. Which... It would have been nice if they kind of put stuff in there to make it feel like it was dragging a bit more and that this was the 30 days and they were struggling. Um, but that's the only thing I, I down with this film. But yeah, that's my review of 30 Days a Night. Sorry it took so long for me to get it done. But go out and see it. Go watch it. It's a fantastic movie. Um, I'm going to give you some more reviews coming next week. Uh, and there are some upcoming releases coming very soon which i'm going to be uh, doing those um but yeah so keep an eye out guys make sure you subscribe for all the upcoming videos that are coming i try and do two a week 
I'm also going to be doing my Saw videos that are going straight to Patreon and run up to um, Saw X. So if you want to see those, my, my, my exclusive Saw videos that are going on my Patreon, make sure you head over there and sign up. Um, it's for as little as $3 a month. And yeah, thank you for liking and subscribing. I hope you enjoyed the video. And until the next time, guys, happy watching. The Boogeyman is real.